if we work together, we can accomplish things. But yeah. if we just do our own thing, you know, we're going to lose. Today on Caval, we have a story to share with you about honor. This is the story of Clayton Moore, who was raised up into an incredibly challenging position so that God can demonstrate honor in his life. You see, Clayton was the very first African-American man to be hired as a police officer in Fostoria, Ohio, and he certainly hadn't asked for this attention. My experience, it was like an eye-opener, a mm-hmm. little shocker, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways, mm. and he'll never, I just firmly believe this, he'll never take you to something, not to take you through it. Clayton is one of the most gentle and kind people who has been on our podcast, which is the last thing one would expect after knowing what he's endured. I was in tears at his house when I was talking to him about it, you know, and mm. he goes, Clayton, he goes, I know who you are, what kind of character you have. And these, these kids need you. Welcome back to Kava the Podcast. Welcome back to Kava the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. Clayton's early memories are full of joy and family. So Clayton, tell me, um, about your first memory. Wow. You know, one of my first memories when I was little, little was um, with my grandma, Geneva. Oh. Uh, she's since passed, but um, she was at our house here in Ohio, and she's risen from North Carolina. Uh-huh. And I think my parents were having like a New Year's Eve party or something the night before, or some type of gathering, uh-huh. you know. And so, but it was the next morning when I got up and uh, they had those, back in the day, those little party trays where we had peanuts on one dish, mints on the other, yes. and then something else on the third dish. You yes, know? yes. Well, yeah, there were a lot of, you know, little snackies left over. Uh-huh. So I kind of was helping myself <laughs> to all that everything. And um, I remember my mom saying, boy, get out of those. Quit eating all that stuff. We should eat breakfast. And my grandma, Geneva, said, uh, just let the boy eat. Let oh. the boy, those are her words. Let the boy eat. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And I love the name Geneva. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. That is tons of fun. So did you grow up in Ohio? Yeah. Um, although I was born in Chicago. Okay. Um, I grew up here in Fostoria, Ohio. I moved here right before I started school. Okay. And so um, in your family, you had your mom, your dad. And mm-hmm. yeah. did you have any siblings? Oh uh, yes, we actually—I <laughs> don't know. I'm going to date myself here. Okay. But we we were like the Black Brady Bunch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Three boys and three girls. Okay. How so, fun! <laughs> yeah. That's equal yeah. and perfect. Um. So, did you have any favorite childhood <laughs> memories growing up? 
My favorite childhood memories. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I loved um around Christmas and Easter time. Mm. Um, not so much present as but we always uh, had Easter speeches and Christmas speeches and did plays at church. Oh, and fun. So that's when all the kids were together and everything. And it was just a blast. And we just had a good time. And, you know, we got to perform in front of the congregation. And mm-hmm. just the love and support we got with yeah. our church family. You know, it just, it really helped us out in school. Yes. You know, doing those things. Um, and, you know, then just playing in the neighborhood in the summertime. Yeah. We would play two square, four square you know, yes. six square and everything, and just always outside doing something, yes. <laughs> you know. That, but um, probably my favorite one, though, Okay. <laughs> was, um, I was born July 8th. Okay. okay. My sister was born July 9th. Okay. Oh, my. Well, yeah, when we was real little, um, I used my money I had saved up, and we walked downtown, and I took her to see the movie Sound of Music. Oh. <laughs> and we still talk about that this very day. That is so precious. What a sweet brother. Uh, <laughs> well, they love... might have different things, but yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, that is so kind of you. Wow. So um, did you go to school there in Ohio? Uh, yes, I went to Fostoria High School here. Okay. Um, and then after graduation, I went to the University of Toledo, also here in Ohio. Clayton had dreams of being a professional football player. However, when an unexpected circumstance blocked that path, he chose to do what was right, even though it cost him greatly. Awesome. And so then once you were out of school, what did you do? Well, here's the thing. I thought I was uh, fortunate to play football. Oh, yeah. Toledo. Uh-huh. Okay. So I started off for years, and obviously I had aspirations of playing in the NFL. Yes. Well, uh, those things didn't quite happen. And so uh, prior to my senior year, I had uh, had a child out of wedlock. So me and my uh, fiance at the time ended up getting married. Uh-huh. And so, you know, trying to make things right yeah. and do the right thing. And so I was uh, graduating and had a wife, had a child, and it was time to kind of put my dreams on hold and take care of the family. Oh, yeah. You know, and so after graduation, uh, I was kind of jobless, and my high school coach asked me if um, I'd like to join the coaching staff, Fostoria High uh, football coaching staff, and I said, why, sure. Wow. You know, so it was a supplemental contract, but, you know, it was my passion, it was my heart you know, being around sports, especially football. And so I did that. Um, and that was the only a seasonal job, obviously, just, mm-hmm. you know, just through the football season. And oh, I still had a wife and a child to take care of. So yes. uh, I had to go out, you know, I had a degree, a uh-huh. bachelor's in communications. I, I couldn't find nothing in my field and uh, ended up working at Meyer department store okay. in the toy and sporting goods section. Okay. Now, if anybody knows anything about working in a toy department and sporting goods, that's around Christmas time. Oh. It's enough to pull your hair out. Oh, bless <laughs> you. Oh, that's awful. That's so awful. I did that. And um, actually one day, um, and that was right before I got hired, um, I had my permanent job being a law enforcement officer. Okay. And so you became a law enforcement officer in what is the name of your town, Fostoria? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Yes, Fostoria. Yes, ma'am. Ohio. And so what was that like? 
Well, uh, it was different. Uh, one, I didn't go to school to be uh, right. <laughs> a police officer, you know. Right. Um, and uh, kind of what led me to it was my mother. Uh, yeah. She came to my house one day and said, hey, uh, they're hired. You know, they're taking mm. applications for a police officer. Mm. And I looked at her and said, Mommy, I ain't trying to be no cop. Right. <laughs> you know? And um, I since wrote a book, and believe it or not, that's the first chapter. Mm. That's the title of the first chapter of my book. Oh. I ain't trying to be no cop. <laughs> wow. So did your mom see something in you that she thought, oh, this is something that he would do well? You know, I don't know if it was that or she was just trying to help me. Get okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So that wasn't your intent at all? No, not at all. Wow. But you got the job. Yes, uh, you had to go through a series of tests, mm -hmm. you know, background checks, psychological, mm -hmm. uh, written tests and everything, um, physical agility and interviews uh -huh. and, you know. And then you get weeded out and, you know, and they take the, they end up taking like the top three and doing interviews and then they make the selection. Clayton did what it took to take care of his family. And that meant staying in his beautiful hometown of Fostoria. But some people in this town where he grew up would soon treat him like an outsider. Wow. And so you got selected. Yeah. <laughs> and how did that work out? Well, <laughs> that's, it worked out kind of, I guess we can say good right now. Uh-huh, Because right. obviously we have a book about it. Right, about right. Of right. Ma, and, uh, but it was a 32 and a half year career that wow. uh, during the career, I, you know, kept taking interviews for other jobs, mm. traveling to Chicago, Atlanta, and all over, just trying to look for different employment because that's, my heart wasn't into being a police officer. Wow. So what are some of the significant experiences that you faced in that career? Uh, probably the biggest one is um, I was the first African-American uh, ever hired. Okay. In that town? In, yeah, in, in Fostoria. Okay. And I was the only one throughout the duration of my career as well. Oh, and my goodness. So, yeah. So, so what... obviously, um, you know. I was kind of a, it's funny that I say this, I was a Lone Ranger. Yeah. But that's actually who my mom named me after. Oh, his my goodness. Was, his name was Clayton Moore, too. Yeah, she named me after. <laughs> oh, you're Clayton Moore part two. That's awesome. <laughs> For those of you younger folks, Clayton Moore was the name of the actor who played the Lone Ranger, a fictional masked former Texas Ranger who fought outlaws in the American Old West with his Native American friend Tonto. The Lone Ranger has been called an enduring icon of American culture. Clayton considered himself a Lone Ranger as well. He wasn't looking for trouble, just minding his business and trying to take care of his family. So was your um, town diverse? I mean, as far as, you know, you weren't the only African-American that lived in your town. Is that right? Right. No, okay. we had to, we, uh did have and we still have diversity here in South Okay. Story. Okay. It wasn't represented on the police force, though. Not at all. Okay. Correct. Correct. Was there a reason for that? You know, I, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know if it's just that maybe there's a lack of interest of mm. minorities okay. that want the position, or if even the recruitment process, you know, to go out and be aggressive mm. from the city to want to make their, you know, mm-hmm. uh, agencies, both police and fire diverse. So I think it may be a combination of both. Okay. So what are some things that you faced in that situation? Was it difficult to be a police officer um, in your community? I just can't imagine how hard that would be to be the Lone Ranger. Like, what what did that look like for you? Well, the first couple of years were probably the toughest. Okay. Because basically I had to establish my identity and who I was, what I was mm. about, you know, what I represented. Okay. And, and, you know, I share in the book how to some of the calls I would go on, some of the Caucasian white mm-hmm. people would say, oh, you're just a token. I, you know, I get called a token, you know, no reason there because they're trying to fill a quota. Uh, some of the minorities, some of the blacks in town said, oh, uh, you just being Uncle Tom. So oh, wow. I got it both ways. Wow. You, know? you have a very interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how did that make you feel? Well, the first time, obviously, when I experienced it, it was like an eye-opener, a mm-hmm. little shocker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Mm. And he'll never, I just firmly believe this, he'll never take you to something, not to take you through it. Mm. And I just know that with my upbringing, you know, my parents and, you know, we were raised in the church that, you know, my, my foundation was set wow. and, you know, I had a preparation for what I was going through. Wow. Did it feel like you knew who you were in spite of what the other people were saying because of your foundation? Yeah, you know, that's funny is that I always knew I was different and I mm-hmm. shared this with my mom and some other people mm-hmm. and I tell people I know I didn't think I was special by no means no you know right. no special than anybody else but I just knew there's something different about me wow. I just knew that you know I, I knew that since I was real little wow and so I just wasn't the average person and you know um I had that mentality basically that <laughs> I remember having an officer tell me, you know, you can't save the world, Clayton. <laughs> you know, but that was my mentality, <laughs> you know? If there was one aspect of his job that Clayton was passionate about, it was helping people. Despite this, his long journey of enduring cruelty and accusation was about to begin. On the next episode of Kava, Clayton's life takes unexpected turns that lead him all the way to the Supreme Court. Thanks again for listening to Kava the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kava the Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. 
I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.